Hello, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult, the podcast where I review movies from my childhood from an adult perspective. And this week, I'll be reviewing 1990's House Party. Hello guys, and welcome to I Watch This As An Adult. Episode 97, gonna be talking about House Party, but before I do that... Let's talk about things I watched this week. Uh, like I said, January's been really, really hectic for me. I honestly uh, just been doing things, just just been working hard and working hard to uh, get the podcast, you know, noticed a bit more, you know, <laughs> just to get it noticed a, just uh, just a bit more, you know. Uh, you guys can help out with that too. Just uh, like and comment and uh, give me five stars on Apple, you know, on Apple Podcasts, or just uh, like share the podcast with whomever likes movie podcasts, and that that helps out. That helps out a whole lot, you know, to get to get to get uh, my podcast noticed it helps out in the in the in the algorithm a lot like i said help out old lg rhythm you know <laughs> help out old lg rhythm and get the uh podcast noticed you know i'm on i'm on the road i'm on the road i'm trying to get the 500k you know that's that's my goal this that's my goal uh it's 500k 500k is the goal for 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 for, for the year um that's that's the goal, uh, but uh, yeah, man, just been just been working hard, just doing things, trying to get the podcast noticed. Been work, like I said, been working my my regular ass job, you know, <laughs> just working my regular ass job too, you know. It's been it's been it's been really hectic at the beginning of this year. Uh, uh, my, I don't think I told you guys about just like my car broke down, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like that that was that was financially straining on me. You know, so like I had that happen, uh, kind of slow, kind of slowed my January down, kind of, kind of fucked a couple of things up for me. But uh, but yeah, I'm getting back, like, like I'm getting back on track. February is another month, and and it's it, it, it's 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 bound with possibilities, you know, endless possibilities, and you know, like just just having. I just haven't been watching a lot of things this week because I've just been trying to get back on track financially. Really, like this car, my car, this car breaking down on me just just got in my ass, man. <laughs> you know, like it, uh, you know, because I think you guys know how financially, uh, how I, how a car can put you through the ringer financially you know like you need your car you need your car to go to work you need like you need uh, like you need to raise money to fix the car and all this shit you know and like it just like it just drains your pockets you know fixing a car drains your pockets and so um haven't so i've been just been i've been trying to play catch up uh, i'm trying to play catch up at work working overtime you know, just working overtime, trying to trying to trying to make more money, and 
I'm trying is trying to work on the podcast also trying to get promo out there for the podcast trying to reach out to other podcasts you know trying to you know just doing I'm just just been working on the business side of the podcast so I haven't really this month haven't been really getting into the fun side of the podcast you know like just watching movies and watching television shows you know like I've been I've been getting these movies out by God, by God willing, <laughs> you know, like by God willing, I've been getting these goddamn movies out. Oh my God, I've been like I've I've been on the skin of my teeth getting these goddamn movies out. I'm not gonna lie, getting these goddamn reviews out. Uh, but like the only constant, the only constant is my life. In my life is the Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> you know, like, and like and even sometimes I forget that shit is on. That's the one constant is my in my life is the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, episode five happened uh, this past weekend, this past week, and it might be the best episode of Book of Boba Fett so far that I've ever seen. The problem with it is there was no Boba Fett in it. <laughs> there was no Boba Fett in this episode. This episode was about the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian came back. Mandy is back. And I was kind of like, yo, am I watching the Book of Boba Fett? Or am I watching, like, episode one of season three of The Mandalorian? You know? <laughs> yeah. I was like, are you giving me a, you giving me a teaser to, to uh, like, season three of The Mandalorian? Uh, but, yeah, man, this... This episode was fire, and it's like, who knew that you had to take Boba Fett out of the book of Boba Fett for this show to be good? (laughs) Who knew? Bruh, this episode, this episode was really good from the start, from start to fucking finish. I I enjoyed this episode. Uh, I love when Mandy came up in there. Once you heard that goddamn pan flute, that once you heard that shit, it was like, I got hype. I was like, oh shit. I was like, oh shit, it's my nigga Mandy. Uh, you know, I was like, I was hype as fuck. I was like, let's go. I think I was clapping. And like, I was like, fucking kind of like broke my arm <laughs> clapping. I kind of felt a little pain in my arm. I was like, oh shit, I shouldn't have clapped that hard. I was just so excited that some shit's about to go down. Because fucking Mandalorian's here, bro. And I was like, he don't, he don't play. Um, but, uh, so, like, he come up there, he come up in there, he, like, he looking for a bounty, and, like, he going at the dog, like, those dog people, I don't know what the fuck they're called, but he's going at them, and he had a good-ass fucking fight scene with the motherfuckers, chop one of them motherfuckers in half, I was like, this nigga don't fuck around, man, this dude don't play, um, but yeah, man, like it started off real good. Uh, he was on this planet, like this kind of like ring planet, which was pretty fucking cool. That's another thing. That's another thing I liked about this episode. That's another thing I liked about this episode. You went to different locations. Like Mandy was on the ring planet. He was hanging out in space a little bit more. You know, because like he had a, um, I think it was, I think he had rebuilt one of the, uh, the pod racers from uh phantom menace i think that's what that was 
uh, somebody was talking about it. I think they said there's like one of the pod racers from uh, Phantom Menace. I think it's the one that Anakin was driving. I don't know. But, um, and like they kind of like turned into like a goddamn spaceship. But I'll get into that later. Um, but like you went, you went out of space, you know, like it, like he was on that ring planet. It was like a lot of, a lot of good shit. So much good shit happened in this movie. I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep it together. Trying to figure, trying to, that's when you know an episode is good though. When you trying to keep shit together and you trying to remember everything because there's so much good shit that happened and you trying to remember everything and you trying not to leave shit out because everything in this episode was perfect everything in this episode was really fucking good uh the funniest part the funniest part in the whole episode they had funny parts in this episode yeah um the funniest part in this episode was when uh mandy was trying to get on like this space this uh, space shuttle it's kind of like a plane and like this robot stopped him he was like he was like weapons please and Mandy was like, Mandy was like, he was like, I'm a Mandalorian, weapons of my religion, and he was just like, well, you can't get on the plane, you can't get on the, you can't get on the spacecraft with weapons, and, like, Mandy had, like, Mandy had a fucking, like, TSA moment, you know how you go to TSA, and, like, they tell you to take off your shoes, take off your belt, take off your watch, and all this shit, they patting you down, see if you got any weapons on you and shit, he had a goddamn TSA moment. And like even he was like, he was like, I know everything that's in here. It better be here when I get back. <laughs> I was like, that was that was fucking dope. I like that. Uh he went to go see uh Amy Sedaris' character, who I forgot her fucking name. Like she's the mechanic girl. The mechanic lady. Uh I don't understand the hate for her. I really don't. I don't understand the hate for her. She doesn't bother me. She doesn't bother me. I actually think she's funny. You know, Amy Sedaris is a funny lady. Uh, I was like, cause I don't understand. I don't understand the, the hate for her. She's not bad. I was like, I know, like she she could be she could be, be a bit cartoony, but I don't have a problem with her. And we found out that we found out that she has sex with Jawas. <laughs> We found out that she has sex with Jawas. I was like, yo, bro, you having sex with the Jawas? I wonder what they look like. I wonder if they keep the robe on, is what I think. Do the Jawas keep the robe on when they fucking, is what I want to know. I want to know if the Jawas keep the robe on when they having sex. It's, it's a question. It's just a question. It's like one of the greatest mysteries I will never know, because I still don't know the fuck the Jawas look like under those goddamn robes all you see is those eyes all you see is those bright yellow eyes you don't know what the fuck they look like under there and she was letting them go to pound town on her (laughs) (laughs) she lets Jawas go to pound town on her but yeah man like this this episode so goddamn good there was so much shit that happened uh I think uh Mandy got stripped of his Mandalorianism because uh the I forgot the I don't know she like the queen of the Mandalorians or some shit the one with the gold the one with the gold helmet uh because like he had brought the uh the he had the dark he had the dark blade uh if you remember the dark blade from uh Mandalorian that's the uh, uh, Gar- uh Giancarlo Esposito's character had which 
I'm bad. I'm bad with names in the Star Wars universe. I'm sorry. I forgot what was his name. He's like Grand something. But uh, but like he, uh, Giancarlo Esposito uh, was the bad guy in the Mandalorian. Uh, cause he was walking around with the dark. He had the dark blade, and Mandy had it, and um, one of his other like Mandalorian dudes walked over, and it was just like he's like, "Hey, that belongs to my family," or something like that, and he was just like, "I'll fight you for it," and like they had like this fight for it. They took their fucking pack, they took their fucking jetpacks off, and they started they started the rumbling, and Mandy finally got the best of him. And uh, the gold, the, the 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 Mandalorian in the gold helmet, the Queen Mandalorian or whatever the fuck she was. Like I said, I don't I don't really know. Um, she was she asked Mandy. She was like, no, she asked uh, the big guy. She said, "Have you ever taken your helmet off?" And he was like, "No, I haven't." And then she asked Mandy. <laughs> we all know that we all know the answer to that question because <laughs> if you've seen the man, if you watch the Mandalorian. She asked Mandy, she was like, have you ever taken your, have you ever taken your uh, helmet off in battle? And he ain't know what to say, because we know he's taking his helmet off. Uh, he's taking his helmet off before uh, to save somebody. But um, he was, he was like, he was hesitant. He was like, Ugh. and then he's like, yes, yes, I have. And she said, you are Mandalorian no more. That's <laughs> what so she told them. Uh, <laughs> she told them he wasn't a Mandalorian anymore. And I was like, this puts a new kink in the Mandalorian. When they go back to the Mandalorian, this puts a new kink in that. Now, And I was like, I like it. I like it. I want to see where this goes now that he's been cut off by the other Mandalorians. I was like, that's going to be that's gonna be dope. I'm, I'm, waiting to, I'm, I'm waiting to see what happens with that. But yeah, man, it's good fucking episode, man. I'm not gonna tell you guys all about the ep- episode. You know, there's a lot. Phoenix shows up at the end, asking for Mandalorian, asking for the Mandalorians' uh, help uh, with Boba Fett. So Mandy's probably gonna show up in the next episode or so. Uh, we don't, I don't know. Maybe he'll show. Maybe he just showed up in this episode and then, cause at the end, I think he's gonna go see Grogu. I think he's gonna go see Grogu. Uh, see how Grogu's doing, and then probably they're gonna show that in Mandalorian season three, and then probably he'll come back to like Boba Fett at some point. But good episode, man! Five star episode. Like, who knew that that's all you had to do was just take Boba Fett out of it? <laughs> who knew? Um, I'll be back with my review of House Party right after these messages. And welcome back to the show. House Party from 1990. You know I like to start it out. Let's start it out talking about how I watched it as a kid. I saw this movie on VHS at my grandmother's house. I was only five years old when I saw this movie the first time. So, like, I didn't really understand what was going on. (laughs) Like, I really didn't get an appreciation for this movie until I was a little older. So, it was... A bit more fun for me and a challenge to see if I still like this movie as much today as I did as a kid. So, like, 
that's that's the fun of this movie because I really like this movie as a kid. Even then, I, even when I didn't really understand it, I kind of I kind of liked it. It was just fun to me. And then, like as I got a little, maybe a little bit older, I started to appreciate this movie. And then, like like I said, like now I want to see because I haven't seen this movie. I haven't seen this movie in years. <laughs> like this is a movie I haven't I haven't seen in years. So. I want to see if I still like this movie as much as I did as a kid. Uh, let's get into the technical. Uh, this movie was written and directed by Reggie Hudlin, a uh, uh, young director uh, who would go on to uh, create Shuri, actually. He's the creator of Shuri from the Black Panther. So every time you see Shuri, you got to thank Reggie Hudlin for her. Because um, he went on, because he went and. Um, did a run on the Black Panther comic book in like the mid 2000s I want to say about like 2004 he was on there for a while he was like on there from like at least like I think like 2004 2005 because I used to read those Black Panther comics that uh Reggie Hudlin was doing and I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't think they were bad I actually liked them you know he he focused on Wakanda more you know he didn't have him like he like I don't want to say because, uh, like, you had uh, Christopher Priest's role. Christopher Priest focused on Wakanda a bit, too. Uh, I forgot the guy that came after Priest. There's another guy that came after Priest, and, like, he started doing, like, the Casper Cole shit and all this stuff. Uh, I forgot his name. I forgot the dude's name. If you know his name, like, give it to me in, like, a comment or something. Uh, but I forgot the dude's name. But, like, he was the one that did all the Casper Cole shit. Like uh, and then like uh, Black Panther was in like Hell's Kitchen and shit. Um, he did all that shit, but like Reggie Hutland kind of like brought it back to basics. You know, Reggie Hutland brought him back to Wakanda. He was focusing on Wakanda. You know, so like I like Reggie Hutland's run on Black Panther. It, it was pretty damn good. Uh, the movie had a budget of two point five million dollars. And it brought in $26.4 million at the box office, so it was not a bomb, which is why we get sequels after that. We'll talk about those sequels when I get to them. This movie has a Rotten Tomato score of 93%, which I was actually shocked by. The, uh, a black movie in 1990 getting a 93% is amazing to me. I don't know if it's like based off of today, because... I think a lot of people now appreciate House Party more than they did back then. Even though it wasn't a flop. It wasn't a flop. Uh, but it's become, I think, this movie has become a cult classic. It really has. I think more people now appreciate House Party more than they did when it came out. Um, so, that's I think that's where that 93% comes from. Fun fact. The lead roles were originally written for uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. But they turned them down because they weren't they, they weren't interested in doing movies. How ironic! Uh, if you don't know, for young people watching this show, I don't know the Fresh Prince is Will Smith, uh, who went on to become a very, very, very accomplished box office draw when it comes to acting. Uh, but yeah, that's all the uh, technical stuff you need to know. Let's get into the movie. Uh, the one thing I like about this movie, the, the main thing I like about this movie, 
Uh, this was the first movie for me that starred rappers and it wasn't corny. You know, because we're just coming off, we're just coming off the 80s. This movie came out in 1990. A lot of the hip-hop movies that came out in the 80s were kind of corny. And you could tell, you could just tell that they didn't consult any black people or any people involved in hip-hop when making these movies. You could just, you could just tell. Uh, even if they were black people involved in it, they were like old black people. Because I think like Sidney Poitier directed a hip-hop movie. Uh, I keep saying that he directed rapping. I don't know if he directed rapping. Because like there was a movie out there called Rapping. I know he directed a movie called Fast Forward. I think that was supposed to be like a breakdance movie. He directed that movie, which is like that was supposed to be a hip hop movie. Uh, it was, it was corny as fuck. Uh, you know, it's corny as shit. Uh, I think I watched Fast Forward and I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck is going on here?" But uh, like, like I said, breaking. Yeah, breaking. Yeah, crush groove. You had uh, uh, breaking to electric boogaloo. Uh, like I said, you had rapping. You had a lot of like, you had a lot of like hip hop movies that you know, like it was just like people that didn't understand hip hop were doing these movies. And this movie is so different. This movie is so different. You can tell the place this movie comes from because like. From the opening with Luther Vandross singing at the beginning on down. You can tell that this movie comes from an authentic place. You can just tell. Uh, a kid and play were perfect for this movie because they were crossover stars. They had just become like crossover stars. You know, they were starting to make a name for themselves and crossover uh, media. Uh, like they were... Because they were the nice, non-threatening rap kids. So, like, putting them in a movie was, like, a no-brainer. You know? <laughs> they went on to have, like, a Saturday morning cartoon, you know, after this, I think. So, like, it was, like, Kid and Play were the shit in 1990. <laughs> they were they were the shit. Uh, they were uh, what, um, like the Migos are <laughs> or remember that little time that fucking Ray Schwimmert was popping remember Ray Schwimmert yeah, like they were Ray Schwimmert of the 19 of the early 90s <laughs> the late 80s early 90s they were the Ray Schwimmert of that deck of that era you know <laughs> so they were that and so like they were crossover stars man so like putting them in a movie was like no fucking brainer it was like put those kids in a goddamn movie uh we also we're also introduced to Martin Lawrence in this movie. Like this is like pre-Dev Jam, pre-Martin show, pre-Bad Boys Martin Lawrence. And you would have never known this was his first movie because he's such a natural in this movie. Like the charisma that Martin Lawrence has is just beaming off the screen. And like you know, you know watching this like you're watching a star in the making here. <laughs> you're watching a superstar in the making here like like he he has it uh also in this movie are uh, tisha campbell and aj johnson they play the objects of affection for kid and play 
But I'm going to get more into them as the movie goes along. Uh, the 80s R&B group Full Force are in this movie as the high school bullies. Uh, one thing I got to say about this. I know that everyone in this movie is supposed to be in their 20s. And they're supposed to be playing high school kids. Like, everybody in this movie is in their 20s. Like, everybody in this movie is in their 20s. And, like, they're supposed to be playing high school kids. And we're supposed to have a suspension of disbelief when it comes to that. But full force, they must be, like, super seniors or something like that. Because... I can't believe these three buff-ass niggas are in high school. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't do it. I just can't fucking do it. I was like, you you expect me to believe these three big-ass motherfuckers is supposed to be fucking 16, 17 years old. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, these niggas got full-on mustaches and shit. You know, like, they built, like, fucking buff-ass, grown-ass men. <laughs> uh, the little one. Uh, the little guy, like, uh, the, the, the smaller one, he looks like fucking, looks like a fucking dude that hangs out in front of the goddamn liquor stove, just, like, bumming smokes off of people. You know, like, hey, 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 little young blood, hey, young blood, you got a light? You got a light? Come on, man, you got a cigarette? Come on, bruh, come on. And, like, he just got, like, a fucking 40 in his hand or some shit. He looks like that nigga, uh, that's hanging out in front of the liquor stove. And I'm supposed to believe this motherfucker's, like, fucking 16 years old. Get the fuck... And, like, I think they're supposed to be brothers in the movie because full force, they're a, a group of brothers. All three of the guys are brothers in real life. And I'm like, who's the youngest? Who's the oldest? And who, because obviously they're brothers. So there's got to be an older one, a middle one, and a younger one. I think, because uh, their names in the movie are, like, the names in the movie are Stab. Uh, I know the, the main one is named Stab, and he, he looks like he's the older, I think he's the older brother, Stab is the older brother, and like you got the other two, uh, you know, it's kind of like, they're kind of like fucking aggressive Huey, Dewey, and Louie, you know, <laughs> that's what they remind me of, they look like an aggressive Huey, Dewey, and Louie, uh, from uh, DuckTales or some shit, uh, but yeah, man, I'm supposed to believe these buff ass niggas in high school, and I just can't. I can't wrap my head around that. I just can't. You can't make me believe that shit. Um, Robin Harris is amazing as kid's dad. Like, he's just naturally funny. Like, everything that comes out of his mouth is just funny. You know, it's just... Just watching this movie. Watching this movie and looking at Robin, Robin Harris. It just, like, makes me sad that he passed away so young he actually passed away nine days after this movie was released like nine days after this movie was released robin harris passed away and he was so young i think it was my age when he died you know he was so young he was like 30 he was like 36 years old when he died and i was like that that is just too young to die and i was like dude i wish we would have seen more of him you know, you know, if, like, cause I think I really think that if he was still alive, he would have been a superstar. Like Robin Harris was on his way; he was on his way to being a superstar. That guy, I think he would have had like a uh, at least a good sitcom, and then he would have had like a fuck. He would have had like a, 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 a 
real run in movies. I think he would have had a good run in movies. You would give him some movies, you know, because he had. I think he had Bebe's kids on the horizon. He was working on Bebe's kids before he died, and then they released Bebe's kids. I think that I think that would have been the thing that that that, that shot him off into the stratosphere, and then he would have he would have went off from there, man. I think. Robin Harris had a lot in store, man. He went too young too soon, man. I wish we would have got to see more of him. Um, Another thing I like about this movie, I, I like that this movie just shows black teenagers being teenagers. You know, because that's something that before this movie, I don't think you saw, like, just black teenagers just being normal. You know, they want to go to movies. They want to they want to go to parties. They want to go get girls. They're in they're they're in the school uh, cafeteria just clowning around. You know, it's like that's just something that's just something that you didn't see before. Then it was like, yeah, shit like lean on me, which I love lean on me. Lean on me is a great movie where it's just like aggressive, just these aggressive teenagers. They don't know how to act. Uh, or yes, yeah, shit like the principal where they trying to kill the goddamn principal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, like everybody, like all these kids are like, they're like thugs or hoods or like they're on crack or teen pregnancy or some shit like that. You know, like this movie was a great departure from that shit. It was a great departure from that shit just to see black teenagers just being teenagers just seeing black kids be kids it's just awesome to me uh there's another thing i wanted to talk about aj johnson's family <laughs> aj johnson is one of the girls she plays uh shireen shireen is her character's name uh but shireen shireen's family is something out of a fucking cartoon <laughs> Cause like I think they're supposed to be like an exaggerated version of a family that lives in the projects. That's what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be this exaggerated cartoon version of a family that lives in the projects. Cause she has a she has like a, a fat uncle. Uh and like she has like this grandmother that just doesn't get off the couch. Uh the the the, the highlight of this movie is the kid pouring the goddamn sugar in the Kool-Aid. That is, that is by far the most memorable scene in like fucking cinema history. To me, to me, to me. I like that should that that should be in like highlight reels when you talk about movies. Is the kid pouring the sugar in the Kool-Aid? <laughs> memorable fucking scene, man. I love that fucking scene. It's fucking hilarious because you just see this kid pour all that goddamn sugar and i'm like oh my god <laughs> there's also a running joke in here with uh this fucking r&b uh compilation commercial which is a real commercial i've actually seen that commercial before you can look it up on youtube it's called the hey love the hey love collection <laughs> and it's like dude's like oh no my brother you got to get your own <laughs> that shit's funny too I love that shit. Uh, let's talk about Play for a minute. Play. Play is a fucking con artist, man. Like, this dude is literally, this dude is literally a black Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Like, he's like how Zach Morris was just like this little conniving dude. Like, that that's Play. Play is fucking Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. Like, he's just a dude 
that will use anyone or anything for his own personal gain. Like he's not any if if ever he's trying to help you, he's doing it for himself. He's not doing it for you. Yo, know, like what Zach Boris used to do on Stay by the Bell. He tried any anytime like when his friends was in trouble or something like that. If there was something that he couldn't get out of it, he ain't helping the motherfuckers. That's play in this movie. Like if there ain't nothing he could get out of it. He ain't helping you, cause like there's a, cause like the scene there's a scene where like kid uh is beat up by full force in the cafeteria and it plays right there. And he, it's three on one. It's three on one. And play is just sitting there. Play and Martin. Martin Lawrence's character, uh, Bilal. Uh play and Bilal are just sitting there. Just, just watching kid get jumped <laughs> by full force i was like y'all could have y'all could have helped it's gonna be three on three instead of three on one <laughs> you know i was like y'all like playing shit <laughs> play ain't worth the damn man They're like he's an asshole um we also get like shades of police brutality in this movie and it's kind of sad you know you, you think about it you're looking at this movie and I was five years old at the time. I didn't understand it when I first saw this movie. But as I got older, I was like, man, these fucking cops suck. These two white cops that just follow. Uh, mostly fuck they're mostly fucking with full force. They're mostly fucking with them. Uh, but full force, they're a bunch of goddamn psychopaths, so I don't know. I don't know how much. I feel for them because the police are just like fucking harassing full force and some at some points of it I kind of feel sad for full force but then some and then like there's another scene where they do something that's just so diabolical and just like psychotic uh that I'm like fuck these niggas man <laughs> you know like I'm like fuck them because like I'm like they there's a scene where like they full out try to murder kids like, they try to run Kid over with their fucking car. And, like, Kid's running and shit. <laughs> like, he's running from them. Because they're trying to run him over. Just because he spilled milk on them. All this started with milk. He spilled milk on Stab, the lead guy. And they want to murder this guy for that. They want to murder him for him spilling milk in the, in the, in the lunchroom. You know? I was like, wow. There's also this scene that actually like caught me off guard. There's a, I forgot about this scene. There's a scene. Cause like kids running from cause kids running from full force. And he ducks into this like yard. And there's there's this fat guy. There's this fat guy having sex with this hot chick, man. Like he's having sex with this like smoking hot chick. And like his fat ass. And like it's kind of it's kind of a graphic scene too. It's like a big fat black guy. And he's having sex with this hot uh black chick and like and like she look like she look like some chick that could be like like jet beauty of the week or some shit and he just like all up in her guts just uh uh it's like graphic and shit like they fucking and, <laughs> and i forgot this scene actually happens and like it just catches me off guard but like it's so it's so hilarious because like this motherfucker just like oh shit 
like the shit he say, he like, oh shit, he like, give me that fuzzy. He like, you fine motherfucker, you. And he was just like, <laughs> and then he gets up and he has a fucking gun and he tries to shoot a kid because kids kind of being a fucking peeping time at this shit. He's looking at this motherfucker just, just fucking, just fucking obliterate this girl. <laughs> he like, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Um, then we finally get to the party and it's just like, it's just this like early nineties fun, man. It's just, just awesome. It's not much I can say about the party, you know, it's just like kids having fun and dancing and drinking, you know, all this shit, you know, just like any other party, uh, John with a spoon, John with a spoon. This might be like the first time I've ever seen John with a spoon. Uh, because like John Witherspoon plays like the next door neighbor and he's like hilarious because like he's <laughs> cause like they having a party they having the party and he's just like god damn it these goddamn fucking kids <laughs> he's like they over here I'm trying to get some sleep and <laughs> he yelling out the window and shit he's like hey y'all shut the fuck up and he just like, <laughs> he's just like <laughs> he's just just going the fuck off and then he called the police him calling the police is the funniest shit because like he yelled he yelled at fucking 911 he was like what you mean you put me on hold he was like well fuck you too and she, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious uh there's also like this running joke uh that martin's character Bilal has bad breath is like you know it, you can take that or leave it you know i didn't really find it funny uh, there's also uh, another rap group in this movie called the uh, Groove Be Chill uh, that get a lot of screen time. I didn't know much about them. You know, I don't know. I don't know much about Groove Be Chill. They must have. They must have been something big at the time, because like I guess they were supposed to be something big at the time, because like they get a lot of fucking screen time in this movie. I want to say they, they at least in like 50% of the goddamn movie. And I guess, I guess they were supposed to, I guess they were supposed to be big stars, but you know, hey, chill, actually chill is actually Daryl chill Mitchell, who actually went on to become a pr- pretty successful actor for anybody uh, that doesn't know. Like he, he's, he's done a lot of things. He was on, he was on Veronica's closet with Christy Alley. Uh, he was in galaxy. He's the black guy in galaxy quest. You know, like, he did, he did a lot of shit, like, uh, I think he was in a movie with Martin after this called Black, I think he was in Black Knight, he's, like, uh, in Black Knight, too, with Martin Lawrence, so, like, he's, he's done a lot of things, he had, he had a couple, he, he's been in a couple of sitcoms, been on a couple of, like, TV shows, you know, but, like, Daryl Chill Mitchell is out here, like, he's still out here in these streets, uh, acting, so, like, he went on to be something, I don't know what happened to Groove, you know, I tried to look this. I tried to look this dude up. I can't find nothing on him, man. I can't find shit on him. He like he ain't even got a Wikipedia page. He like he ain't got shit. Uh, so I don't know what happened to Groove. Uh, uh the dance off. Let's talk about the dance off. The dance off between Kid and Play and uh, Tisha Campbell and AJ Johnson is like it's the dopest shit ever, man. It's so. That shit just made me smile, man. I ain't gonna lie. I was watching that. I was watching that scene just with a big fucking smile on my face. I couldn't help but smile because it's just so fucking fun. I, I just, I 
miss that shit, man. I miss how fun these like these movies used to be, man. Like, I'm just I was just smiling ear to ear. I, there's nothing else I can say about it, man. Like it's just, it just just made me smile. Uh, it was more police harassment this time. They uh harassed Robin Harris because Robin Harris. The plot of the, the the plot of the movie is Robin Harris told Kid that he couldn't go to the party. Kid disobeys him, goes to the party anyway. He finds out about it, so he goes looking for Kid, and so he's walking down the street, and the cops stop him and just like start fucking harassing him. And but Robin Harris handles the fuck out of these cops, man. He handles the fuck out of them. Like he wasn't scared of nothing. I love it. I love it, man. Cause like the per- the police harassment in this movie is very poignant to me for some reason. It's very poignant to me because like this happened a year before Rodney King. You know, before Rodney King got beat by those cops. This like, like this happened. This movie came out a year before that. So it's like this is a precursor to that. This is a precursor. To the Rodney King uh, incident, uh, so like I was just like, I was just like wow, I was like it's funny that this movie addresses police harassment and police brutality, uh, cause like I think there's a part where like Full Force gets their ass beat by the cops, uh, they get their ass beat by the cops, and so like it's funny that they 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 acknowledge this shit in this movie. And then a year later, Rodney King happens. And then a year later after that, the cops are not guilty. And then the, the, the L.A. riots happen. You know, just back to back to back. As just It's just odd to me. It's just odd that all those things happen, you know. Okay. Um, but uh, it just, just, it just happened. Um, I didn't talk about uh, Tisha Campbell. And AJ Johnson much in this review is because like other than the dance off, they really don't have any agency. But like none of the women have agency in this movie because it's a hip hop movie in the nineties. So <laughs> what am I complaining about? You know, every woman in this movie is just a piece of meat. Every woman in this movie is just a piece of meat. You know, like it's just like, hey, yo, look at my short, look at my girl. They didn't say shorty back in in, in 1990, but <laughs> they're like, hey, yo, look at my girl. She bad, right? It was just like they was just trying to get with girls. Like every girl in here is just a piece of meat. Uh, I talked about stab. Stab is a psychopath, a bona fide fucking off the rails fucking psychopath. Uh, because this motherfucker went from being just a simple high school bully to Jason Voorhees <laughs> cause like this motherfucker wants to burn Play's house down just so he could get the kid and even the other members of Full Force are like yo bro you going too far with this shit it's just milk you know so <laughs> they even like start to come to their senses after a while they were like yo bro it's just milk calm down they were like <laughs> And like we ain't we ain't fucking killing nobody over no goddamn milk. You know, like we ain't burning up a house full of people over some goddamn milk. You're like, calm your ass down, dude. Uh, <laughs> Cause like they look at this brother, they look at this brother, they were just like, dude, you crazy. Uh, 
like it kind of made them like think about it kind of made them like think about their priorities you know like they were like i ain't trying to get a goddamn murder charge you know for this shit but uh yeah another highlight of the movie of course is uh the kid and play rap battle uh compared to a lot of rappers these days this is the best thing i've ever fucking heard you know <laughs> and like this movie just made me miss 90s hip-hop because it was so goddamn diverse yeah so many different genres of fucking hip-hop you know like you had you had fun hip-hop you had conscious hip-hop you had hardcore hip-hop you had like mafioso rap you had uh gangster rap you know like you had all you had boom bap rap you know you had all types of goddamn hip-hop going on in the, in the 90s and I like I missed that I hate to sound like a I hate to sound like the old guy yelling at the sky but I missed that shit I miss 90s hip hop because it was so goddamn diverse uh Robin Harris Robin Harris gets to the party Robin Harris roast session is just like pure comedy gold cause he just he just going at everybody at the party <laughs> he get at uh the you got this dude in the Jerry Curl. He's like, yo, man. He's like, look at that. He's like, you better not commit no crimes. Because all they got to say is follow the drip. Follow the drip. <laughs> it's hilarious. That was hilarious, too. Uh, towards the end uh, of the movie, like, Kid and uh, Sydney, played by T- Tisha Campbell, uh, they get to know each other. And it's a sweet moment at first. And then they start making out in her bed. <laughs> they just start making out on their goddamn bed. But I like how authentic this movie is when it comes to teen sexuality. You know, because teenagers are horny and like they'll do anything to get sex. You know, because like he was just trying to get at it. You know, they they would they, they were horny and he was trying to get some sex. And like in a in a way, this movie is kind of a teen sex comedy too. In a way. Because there's a, there's a lot of like there's a lot of like teen sexuality going on in this movie, a lot of teen sexuality going on in this movie. They even kind of mention safe sex in this movie, which is which is something that's groundbreaking. They mention safe sex. Um, they talk about like condoms, uh, talk about birth control pills, and all that shit, man. Like that's it's actually groundbreaking. That's actually groundbreaking in this movie. House party. Maybe a groundbreaking movie. Just so you know. Uh, <laughs> and then uh there's a part like there's a part where like Tisha uh Campbell's uh parents come back and he's gotta get out and then like she takes her clothes off. God damn. I'm like I'm like Tisha Campbell had an amazing body <laughs> in nineteen ninety. My god, cause like this because like this is the scene where like she she's trying to rush him out and like she's trying to get out, she's getting out of her clothes, she pulls her clothes off. And she's just standing there in her bra and panties, and you're like, God damn. You know, you know? Like, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> she had an amazing body in 1990. She she looked damn good. Uh like I, I, th- I already talked about the cop beating up full force. They did that. Then there's a, a chase scene between uh kid and full force after uh kid drops off Sydney. Which is very well done because like you get it's kind of like this like uh first person because like they, they sh- i think they kind they kind of shoot it from kids perspective but like it's like this first person people's houses and shit 
and all this stuff. And like he runs through a funeral and everything. Like he's shooting, he's like you're shooting it from his. They're shooting it from his eye. Uh, also, uh, Reggie Hutland makes a cameo in this movie with his brother as a couple of well-dressed burglars, and that's kind of funny. Because you know, like they're stealing fucking vacuum cleaners and lamps and shit. Hilarious. Uh, Play seduces AJ Johnson with Burger King <laughs> for some reason. He gets her with goddamn Burger King uh, because a kid gets thrown in jail, and they gotta get in. They they uh they gotta get Play not Play. They gotta get kid out of jail, and Play is like, damn, I gotta, I ain't got no money. Like I ain't got all this money, and then like a uh, Bilal is like, I got like. 15 bucks or some shit like that he said <laughs> cause he kind of counting his money he like he like I got 15 bucks and he was just like <laughs> and he just and they're just like damn we gonna have to we gonna have to get somebody to fucking raise money and so they go to uh, Shireen played by AJ Johnson and like they try to they try to get her and play seduces her with Burger King he was like yeah man after we get kid out of jail we gonna go to Burger King and she was like, Burger King? For real? <laughs> I was like, he got her with Burger King. I was like, that is the most balling shit ever. <laughs> that is the most balling shit I've ever heard. Uh, but like I said, King gets thrown in jail. And then it like turns into a musical about jail rape. You know, like, he's in, he's in there talking about rape. Like this guy's up in there, like talking about, yeah, man, we gonna get that ass. So, and like they they grasping at straws to see who's gonna rape him first. And I was like, first of all, this motherfucker's in holding. I don't think they rape people in holding. I don't know. I I don't want to find out personally if they do, but I don't think they rape people in holding. Like you gotta wait till you get to like county jail, cause like after holding they throw you in the county, I believe. And then I know this from watching like sixty days in. I don't know really no shit about jail, but uh, I don't. But I really don't know a lot of shit about jail. But uh, they throw you in the county, and that's when you gotta watch your ass. You know that's when you gotta watch everybody up in that motherfucker. But they ain't raping nobody in holding, so that's kind of bullshit. Uh, another thing, I like. I know that I said that women, like in this movie, don't have agency, and they don't. They don't. But I do like the fact that they have control of their own sexuality because these are there's these are women, but they're also black women, and you ain't just gonna do anything with them. Black women don't play that shit. You know, like they really don't. They don't play that shit. So like you could like. They got control of their sexuality, and they want to get treated like they, like the women get treated like pieces of meat because they want to get treated like pieces of meat. But when they don't, they show it because play gets curved by AJ Johnson's character, uh, Shireen. He gets curved by Shireen, like, cause like he tries to go in for a kiss and she like, motherfucker, what you doing? And <laughs> she was like, that's basically what she did. She was like, dude, what you doing, bruh? And he asked, he's like, I don't get a kiss, a hug. And she was like, no. <laughs> and then she fucking went, went inside. <laughs> and, like, he has to, like, play it off, no pun intended. Like, he got something out of her just to keep his rep up. 
And like that was kind of funny. Uh, I like at the end. I like at the end of the movie. Like they kind of make fun of all those like corny '80s rap movies. <laughs> because I think players like, yo man, guess what's coming on TV tonight? <laughs> he said, Crush Groove and Breaking or something like that. He <laughs> said, and it was like, man. And then like, uh, Bilal is like, yo man, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch Breaking too. When's that coming on? <laughs> he was like. <laughs> And kids look at plays looking at him like, nigga, you like, <laughs> but yeah, man, overall, man, I had fun with this movie, man. This movie's still fun to me. I like, it's not a cinematic masterpiece, but I got so much nostalgia out of this movie. I had so much nostalgia out of this movie. I don't even care, man. Like I had fun with this movie. This movie just made me smile. It made my heart smile. You know, like it made me warm inside watching this goddamn movie i love it uh i give it a four out of five i like not the perfect movie but it's still damn good still damn good be back next month is black love month the month of february because it's black history month and valentine's day is in february so black love month i will be joined by my wife shauna and we will be reviewing movies about black love. And the first movie we're going to review is a big one. We're going to start off big. We're doing it big. Join us next week when we review 1988's Coming to America. Until next time, peace.